0: Hello and welcome to episode number 56 of the Web 2.0 show, 99designs. I'm your host, Adam Stachowiak. The Web 2.0 show is a podcast that profiles technology, people, and business practices driving Web 2.0 today. Today, Josh and I had a chance to sit down and talk to Matt Mitskovich of SitePoint.com about their their website called 99designs.com. For those of you who are not aware of 99designs, it's essentially crowdsourcing design for logos, websites, you name it. It's really an awesome resource. I had a real great talk with Matt about it. Hope uh, you guys get a lot from this podcast. If you happen to have any feedback for me or for the show, go ahead and email feedback at web20show.com. If you're not following us on Twitter, you should be following me. You should be following the show. Uh, my handle is Adam Stac. the Web 2.0 show's Twitter handle is Web 2.0 show, simple. Uh, again, feedback, love it, uh, love you for listening, thank you very much, enjoy the episode.
1: So we have Matt Mitzkevich with us today, he's the founder of SitePoint and 99designs. Uh, welcome to the show Matt. Thanks for having me. So you actually founded uh, SitePoint back when you were 16 or 17. How how did that come about?
2: Uh, SitePoint basically was a hobby to begin with that just uh, cascaded and grew way beyond my wildest imagination. I was basically building a site for myself, just compiling useful articles, useful links, useful tools. And when I launched it, uh, within a couple of weeks, I was in LA Times, Washington Post, USA Today, got a writing gig for Windows Magazine, Everyone wanted to know how to build their own website, and at the time, SitePoint was the place to go to for that.
0: Was it uh, you as a as a primary writer, or did you have a, a couple of friends that were working with you, or what were some of the core things that really really
2: launched it off? I had a lot of guest writers that were just submitting content in exchange for links back to their site. But I was doing a lot of product reviews in those days as well. I was getting lots of you know Adobe software, Macromedia software, Microsoft software. Um, that I was reviewing and also writing up my own tips on search engine marketing, link building, those sorts of topics.
0: I bet you the web's changed, you know, quite a bit over the past 10 years. So I imagine that uh, your audience and, and content and deliver that content has is, is rapidly changed over those years.
2: Definitely, everyone went from building static HTML websites with server-side includes to, you know, building full-blown content management systems in Rails or PHP or ASP.NET. there has been so many mergers as well. Um, obviously, Adobe has come to dominate the landscape for web development software. Um, versus back in the early days, there were many more players around. Tell us,
1: uh, tell us about 99 Designs. How, how did that idea come about, and what what exactly?
2: I guess start with what it is and then, <clears throat>
1: excuse me, tell us how it came, came to be.
2: Sure. 99designs is basically the leading marketplace for crowdsourced graphic design. We allow anyone, whether business owner, entrepreneur, a web development firm, to essentially run a contest to get a logo, web page design, stationery, or business cards for their website done very fast, very effective, very efficient way. And, and how, did, how did the idea come to be? 99designs was essentially born out of SitePoint. What was happening in the SitePoint forums back in 2002, 2003, was that web designers were paying Photoshop tenants, essentially holding a contest amongst themselves to practice their skills, compete against each other, and just have a little bit of fun. So a designer, for example, would come to SitePoint forums, um, create a fake project, you know, who can do the best image editing on this graphic, you know, 20 or 30 designers would jump on board and on Monday morning they would vote and declare one of them the winner, the uh, web, web design champion, if you will. Um, so eventually what happened is some smart guy came along, saw these contests happening in the forums and said, rather than doing these fictional Photoshop tennis projects, why don't you guys do a real project for me? I'm launching a new blog. I'll give $100 to the best logo design uh, next week. And the designers just loved this idea and jumped on board with it you know rather than working on a fictional project they had a real client They got feedback through the client on their work and then they had potential to earn money and earn ongoing work from that person as well um so this activity started evolving in the forums we spun it off in its own separate section on Sidepoint, and continued to grow and build momentum um we built some basic software around it started charging listing fees Um, And at one point we decided, you know, there's a real business in this. Um, Let's see how far we can take it. And in February of 2008, we launched 99designs.
0: What, uh, I guess in the past, I guess uh, a little over a year now, what have been some of the, you know, pinnacle success factors that you've done with uh, developing 99designs to make it what it is today? Like in terms of marketing, branding, positioning, strategy. Can you give us some insights to some of the things you did to, to really launch the way it is?
2: Yeah, definitely. First and foremost, I think spinning 99designs into its own separate company, into its own separate brand was quite a pinnacle moment. Um, SitePoint.com is obviously very focused on the web developer market. And if you're running a spa or you're a dentist or a lawyer or a hedge fund manager, and you come to SitePoint looking for a logo, it's very confusing. You don't know where to go, um, how the process works, et cetera. So by giving the marketplace its own separate identity. I think it really facilitated the word of mouth. Um, the usability improved a great deal. It was one site for one thing only, rather than trying to cater to multiple audiences on one domain name. So that definitely helped spread the word of mouth and cascaded the growth and helped us get where we are today. The other major highlight for has definitely been uh the move towards prepaid contests in the early days we were just charging a listing fee for the to the project holders and it was between the project holder and the designer to arrange for payment once uh, a winning designer was picked so this worked well 95 percent of the time but it was also a huge hassle for the business owners a lot of the designers for example aren't able to accept credit cards or they don't have PayPal accounts or they wanted wire transfer Western Union payments. So it was a very big hassle for business owners who have just preferred to, you know, pay their credit card and have it done and over with. So by stepping into the middle of that transaction, we gave uh, a surety to the designers that they were going to get paid, but we're also making the process a lot more convenient for the small business owner since so they didn't have to run down to the local shop to do a Western Union transfer to the Philippines or wherever the designer might be.
0: Right. Yeah, I guess that probably also helps you to attract better designers and and whatnot too Because the the process is a lot more smoother It seems like you've done some good things on on making the transaction smoother So that's obviously got to help the designers feel more comfortable with jumping in And giving essentially their time for free unless they win, right? I mean, they're going to come in and do a design And unless they win, they're not going to get paid So it secures their, their want to get involved more
2: Definitely. It makes them that much more comfortable with handing over the files. We have a very formal process now where the copyright transfer happens. There's agreements in place, so on and so forth. So it's a very secure marketplace where, you know, we can feel very confident transacting in it, knowing that you're going to get paid as a designer and also knowing as a business owner that you're going to get high-quality print-ready files that you can use um, for, you know, whatever your needs are. I noticed down at the bottom of the screen on on the homepage 99designs.com
0: that you say right now it says 1,000 146,557 or 157 dollars up for grabs in over 408 contests. Do you guys provide any sort of like graph or or any sort of th- statistics on that number in terms of like how much? It's it's kind of like a surplus in the design community, right? I mean, if it's up to 250 in next week, you can obviously see that design uh, demand is going up or if you see it go down, it's sort of like a market or uh, it's almost like the stock market. You're trending uh, the available surplus in the design community.
2: And Let me tell you, that number has been going up steadily every single month since we launched uh, as more and more people learn about this service. I think it's also very good timing with the recession, people cutting back, trying to do more with less. Um, and they hear about 99 Designs and they love the concept. We have a very high repeat customer rate. People get their logo done and they come back to us for, you know, their business cards or maybe a brochure or stationery for their business, um, so on. Um, but we're paying out well over hundred thousand dollars per week to the designers at the moment. Um, so it's quite a large market.
0: Question for you: How did you? How? What was the process with coming up with the branding of 99 Designs? If considering that. The site is all about finding, you know, crowdsourced de- uh, designers to produce con- you know, produce uh, great graphics for either web or logo or what, what have you. How did you guys come up with the the logo of 99designs? What was that process like?
2: We actually ran a competition for the logo through our own marketplace. Um, we had over 1,000 awesome. entries. Um, I can send you the link. It's quite interesting to see all the different variations and how the logo came to be. Then we offered 1,000 bucks. Um, prize money, and obviously all the designers in the community wanted to have it as a showcase piece in their portfolio. Um, so we definitely ran the logo through our own uh, community. So you ate your own dog food, basically, is what you're saying? Definitely. Awesome.
1: So what what would you say the average contest uh, for a logo? You know, if you want active participation, what what would someone be looking at at paying to to get an active contest going?
2: I think three to five hundred dollars is really the sweet spot for a logo. Anything less than that, you're probably only looking at 30 entries. Um, but three hundred to five hundred dollars, you'll see a good, you know, 70 to a hundred plus options for you to look at. A lot of it depends as well on how active you are in participating in the process. The designers are more than happy to revise and tweak and modify their initial concepts to suit your needs. So if you can spend an hour a day logging in, Rating entries, providing some written feedback, um, you'll get that much more designer participation. And we actually make it really easy for the designers to see how active the project holder is, um, what percent of entries get feedback, how quickly they provide feedback, so on and so forth. And a lot of designers actually base um, the decision on which contest to enter on uh, how active uh, the the contest holder is in providing feedback, as opposed to the prize money that's on offer.
1: Yeah. Now, you, you've you talked, um, we've talked quite a bit about logos, but you you actually offer web design on the page as well. Um, how, how, what What's the, I guess, the process in that?
2: So we do the design aspect, like a single web page, for example, a home page or an interior page or an e-commerce page that so you could get to 99designs. We don't get so much into the coding and back-end aspects, so deliverable is a PSD file that you then have to... Get cut up um, in order to be able to use it. Um, the web page design contests tend to run in the 500 to a thousand dollar range, um, and there's quite a lot of very, very talented web designers. You can see, you know, multiple contests, multiple layouts, multiple uh, color schemes, and sort of get better ideas to you know what what your final website can look like um, just by having so the input of so many different designers. And we go way beyond webpage design contests as well. We do t-shirts, design brochure, We've done some awesome print magazine ads, um, product labels. We've had numerous energy drinks, water brands, coffee brands, cigar brands, you know, supplement brands, vitamin brands, get their packaging and product labels done. And it must be really cool as a designer having your design available on hundreds of thousands of product labels all across the country or all across the world.
0: I can see, you know, ninety nine designs definitely attracting a lot bigger, um, you, know, you know, bigger contest holders, and obviously that's that's a good thing for the design community because, like you just said, you can easily get involved with a much bigger brand if you're just a a typical freelance graphic designer doing some awesome work. But you know, you might not have the exposure to some of the bigger types of clients, and this bridges the gap and brings you know really matches up two needs. You've got one contest holder who wants an awesome awesome design and then you got a designer who's really awesome but doesn't really have the reach to get there. Exactly.
2: The, The phrase I like to use is that we democratize design. Basically, the designers are only judged based on their skill at that point in time. It doesn't matter how old they are, where they live, how impressive or how poor their portfolio is, how well they present in a suit or whether they have a fancy office in downtown Manhattan. Um, they're just judged based solely on their skill, and the clients judge them, you know, based on their result and not on anything else. So it's very, very fair level playing field. Anyone can come in, and if they're quality, they can start winning contests right away and not be at a disadvantage because you know they might be living in the Philippines or Romania, or you know they might be a student or a stay-at-home mom. It's it's really interesting to see where talent pops up.
1: Yeah, it's almost like I, I guess it'd be more like a meritocracy, just to, based on skill alone. Um, you, you guys have obviously had quite a bit of success. You can you can see down at the bottom of the page where Adam was talking about before. Uh, you've you've awarded uh, five million dollars in prize money. Uh, that, that's quite a bit that you've funneled through. What what uh, what's ninety nine designs written in on the back end, and then what you know what does the team look like that runs that business from day to day?
2: Yeah, so on the back end, we're using PHP as the base language, and the site is running on Amazon Web Services, so EC2 and S3. That's been working really, really well for us, um, just to keeping up with the level of traffic that we get, as well as the terabytes and terabytes of designs that we now store on, on our back end systems. Um, the entire team for 99designs is quite small. It's just about just over a dozen people at this point in time. That's mostly on the development and design end um, at this point in time, as well as some, you know, support, dev, marketing guys.
0: That was kind of where I was going, Josh, with the question. I was I just created an account that I haven't actually registered yet, and I was going through the process of just, like, kind of seeing what your, your initial form is. I'm big into, you know, obviously usability being a web developer, and you see that, you know, one of the core aspects to getting involved with 99designs is to go through and actually launch a contest. And it looks like you've done a really, really good job on the user experience of that. Can you you give us some insight into the development processes of of some of the interface for
2: the site? Uh, Definitely. We have a great designer on board by the name of Adam Schilling, who does all the front-end interfaces and the forms and so on and so forth. Uh, So the process that you see now is actually pretty new. Um, and what you see when you go to the site and click on the launch a contest button and select a category is we actually suggest the proper prize amounts, um, to offer to the design community, um, based on how many concepts you might expect to see at those different price points, uh, and it came about simply because, um, previously it was very free form. You could enter 150 for a logo. You could enter a thousand for a logo. There was very little guidance as to what is appropriate or what you might expect for that level of money. So people were just guessing basically. Um, and with this new contest launch process, we provide quite a lot more guidance on. Uh, what sort of results you can expect to see for what prize, and what's appropriate for the different categories? Obviously, what's appropriate for a logo is not appropriate for a web page design, and so on.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be interested to see. Since you said this is the newer version of it, I'd like to. I'd be interested to see you guys do a blog post on, you know, an A and B or even A B C comparison. If you've had you know three or more iterations of this form, I'd be interested to see uh, success rate and how that's grown, and you know. Uh, It's probably more me focused than the audience, so I apologize, but I'm interested in that. So I hope maybe pass it along to your editors or technical team if they want to do a blog post on uh, performance, you know, success of the site based on the results of the uh, user experience design on this form and overall design of this form to get started.
2: That's a really good idea. I should definitely bring that up with them and uh, see if they want to write something up, whether, you know, on a blog on 99designs or for SitePoint. Definitely.
0: In this form, also, I noticed that a lot of focus is just focus on the price, on helping the, the the contest holder choose the right price to get the kind of results they want. How are you helping the uh, the contest holders interact with their, I guess, the the community, and I guess because you got so much. We before we started the podcast, we were talking about what it takes to, you know, create the brief and. Uh, interact with the design community that's that's working on on this brief with the, the contest holder. How are you helping educate the contest the contest holder to really do a good job on making it a good brief, and then
2: also how to interact with the designers to get the results they want? Besides, yeah, that, the, going on yeah definitely um, interaction is definitely the key to success with the model, and the more the. Uh, contest holders interact with the designers, the better result they get. So right now we have three modes of feedback essentially. Um, Number one is star ratings on the design so I can guide the designers towards, you know, stylistic preferences. The second is written specific feedback on individual designs whereby you give feedback to a single designer in a single design. Tell them what you like or don't like and what you'd like to see changed. And third and final, you can post a comment that appears to all the designers in a contest. So it's like a global feedback um, on the general direction of the contest. You know, if you want to modify or amend your brief, you could post a comment, and designers would see that and uh, take it on board with their design work. But it's definitely something i would looking to improve on an ongoing basis, um, making it easier for the des- for the project holders to interact with the designers, and also yeah. make it less strenuous and time consuming. At the same time, I think you know, on a level of setting
0: the expectation for the contest holder because. Me, initially, I'm thinking, okay, just write a good brief and everything else gets done for you. But I didn't really think about having to actually interact with the, the, the design community and push feedback to them. So, I mean, that's got to be an hour's worth of work a day or something like that to interact with the designers working on your contest. So, I mean, I my I'm, I'm concern is, like, how you're preparing the contest holders for what they actually have to do to make a successful uh, design brief and contest.
2: Yeah, they definitely get automated email from us, prompting them to leave feedback as well as emails from us when they initially launch the contest, telling them about the feedback system. But there's probably a lot more that we can and will be doing in the coming months to improve that process even further. But really, 99designs is just like working with a real design firm. But rather than driving to an office and having a face-to-face, you're doing it all online in a very compressed time frame. So it might take three months or six months you can get done in one or two weeks. But that doesn't mean you don't have to be involved.
1: Yeah, we, we actually referred a client to 99designs for some logo work, and um, I think he put up like a $600 prize. And I, I don't think he was quite expecting the amount of um, feedback that he would have to give. Um, he was pleased with how many design submissions he he had gotten back, but he was kind of shocked at the amount of involvement that was expected. But uh, it, was, it was interesting to note because whenever he'd go in and leave a comment um, publicly, he'd be like, I like this design. All of a sudden, like the next, you know, five, ten submissions would kind of steal pieces of that, that design he mentioned he liked and would try to iterate on it and, you know, improve it in some, some way. It was, uh, was kind of interesting to watch. It was almost like an echo chamber or something.
2: Definitely, can, and the entire process us. is very open so the designers can see each other's work um, and then, you know, work off of that and improve and refine designs and concepts.
0: Now, doesn't SitePoint also do some, um, some, some podcasting? You guys
2: recently, about six months ago, start doing podcasting. Yeah, we definitely have a biweekly SitePoint podcast. I think we've done 17 or 18 episodes so far. Um, it's just about general web development technology. Um, it's quite good. definitely recommend you guys listen in when you have a chance.
0: I haven't picked up that one yet. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw up my XCast. I just set up this new way to use XCast to pull down my podcasts and throw them onto my Zumo Drive folder so they automatically go onto my iPhone so I can listen to them anywhere rather than go through iTunes. That's a whole different story. What I was going to say was I would be interested to see you guys do some podcasting on 99designs and, you know... Talk almost like Dignation does with you know, uh, does with Dig, the same concept with your designs and You can highlight certain designs. I don't know what, what your uh, confidentiality agreements might uh, lead towards, but you know I'd be really interested to see you guys profile specific designers or maybe that's probably a bad thing, but specific project briefs or just in general talk about it through a podcast. Did you guys talk about it at all on on podcast?
2: Uh, no, Cyprin's podcast is quite separate. It's very much focused on, you know, development, news, what's happening with internet technology. Um, we don't really get into 99designs on that podcast. But we have been doing more 99designs. And if you go to Facebook, you'll see some of us. We've been posting video interviews with some of our customers and some of our designers. Um, I'm definitely looking to do a lot more of that as well. I'm just, now you know, putting a face to the people behind the contests, providing tips on how to be successful with the site. Um, interviewing the successful designers in our community. There's one designer, for example, in San Francisco who has entered 400 contests or so in three months and won 50 of them. Um, he made something like $15,000 in three months, so uh-huh. he was basically doubling his doubling his annual income on a part-time basis while working at a print shop. Um, so it's it's interesting to highlight some of those success stories, meet those people in person, and I travel a lot to go to a lot of conferences and networking events. I'm in San Francisco every single month. So I always run into uh, some of our customers, and it's always always cool to see. They always pull out a business card uh, from their wallet. You know, I got this from 99designs, or I got my logo from 99designs. That's always lots of fun.
0: I'm trying to think of things that that, uh, we haven't talked about. Can you think of anything, Matt, that, that we should talk about that we haven't talked about?
2: We should talk about um, why the designers choose to participate in 99designs.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, from a designer standpoint, it would be kind of interesting. Um, I, I know Adam and I have kind of talked about, you know, we should post a couple of contests and um, take a look at the people that we think are really talented. And we could even email them and be like, hey, are you available to do part-time work? Because um, in, in the past, we've taken on clients and... Um, you know, Adam can do design, and, you know, we have some other people that, that do freelance design for us from time to time. But, you know, it's it's always good to get a, f- a fresh look at design. And it seems like it would be an interesting way to discover people who, who may want to get into design full-time. But, you know, maybe like you said, they're working in a print shop. What, what other reasons might they, they want to participate in 99 Designs?
2: So definitely we have a lot of students who are looking to get their foot in the door in the graphic design industry to improve their skills. We have, you know, work-at-home moms um, and people doing it part-time for extra income or just for the love of graphic design. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, this entire idea started off in the forums where designers were playing Photoshop tennis between each other and even now if you go to sites like worth1000.com you'll see these design competitions where there's no prize no money no real clients involved um but designers just love love doing it because that's their hobby that's their passion um and if they have an opportunity to earn some money like they do through 99 designs potentially gain a lifelong client build out their portfolio that's all the better um one thing I should mention, actually, is about 50% of the projects on 99 Designs needs to follow-on work, so the designers actually use this as lead generation. For example, some designers might not be very good at marketing or selling themselves. They might not have a marketing budget, or they might be in a, you know, an odd spot um, in the country where there's might not be a lot of business locally available for them to grab. So by participating in the contest, they're essentially finding clients who they can work with. Know full time or part time or in a project by project basis in the future um, that they might not always have access to. So it's essentially submitting a concept design to a contest is the same as you know writing a proposal, cold calling a client, or you know spending five thousand dollars on yellow pages ads or what have you. Um, it's just rather than going to those meetings, networking events, and chamber of commerce, you're uh, spending your time doing what you're best at, which is design.
0: There's, there's one thing that
2: I wanted to commend
0: you guys on which is I've been a subscriber to your newsletters uh, for a while I would I just say for a while now because I can't even remember when I signed up but uh, I often mark them I often go back to them to, to read them later and that always draws me into your site which uh, you know I think you guys do a really really good job on your newsletters your email newsletters uh, from the development ones even down the design ones I mean there's a few different ones you have. Um, what are what are some other new pieces of
2: content on SitePoint that are notable that you want to mention? We definitely have a fantastic reference section covering HTML, CSS, as well as JavaScript. That's a very thorough, provides a lot of information on browser compatibility issues, um, different quirks um, that you'll run into. So I definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't already. Um, the other sure. big highlight of that.
0: Not- I was going to say, yeah, I, I use the reference... Quite frequently, actually, and I'm really happy that
2: you have it uh, built right into uh, Firebug for for Firefox. Definitely, that makes it easy one-click access, basically, while you're working. Um, the other big highlight I'd like to point out, on the side point, is the marketplace. It's a really, really cool area where you can basically buy and sell small, established, traffic and revenue generating websites. So much like there's all these marketplaces where you could buy a domain name, like great domains after Nick. Uh, cedo.com, etc. You can come to SitePoint and buy blogs, forums, communities, dropship e-commerce sites, um, all sorts of uh, great internet properties for generally very good values.
1: Um, you, you actually publish books as well at SitePoint, right?
2: Definitely. We publish about 10 books a year on web design and web development topics. We just publish a great title called Online Marketing Inside Out, which is a beginner's guide to online marketing in the new age. Um, it goes above and beyond what else is out there in some of the books, which are quite outdated and outmoded. Um, we go into topics, you know, like marketing through Facebook, social networks, Twitter, give lots of case studies, both from our own uh, past successes on Site.99 Designs, as well as successes that other people have uh, encountered during unique campaigns um, and viral stuff.
1: And you, you actually have a copy of that that we can uh, give away to our audience, right? Definitely, awesome. We'll uh, we'll have a contest uh, through our Twitter. If uh, if everyone wants to follow our account, we'll uh, we'll have details on there how we're going to give it away.
0: What's the what's the Twitter account?
1: Uh, web two zero
0: show on Twitter.com. Uh, well, you know, I actually I've I've. Uh, I've downloaded a few of the PDF books, but I was um, – uh, I really like the title of one of your most recent books written by Rachel Andrew and Kevin Yank. It was called Everything You Know About CSS Is Wrong. I couldn't help but get drawn into that book just because of its title. Um, and then I, I was really interested in reading this other book that, that you recently released um, by someone that we've worked with in the past. Uh, his name is Elliot J. Stocks, a really well-known sexy web design graphic, graphic guy. Uh, but uh, I haven't
2: gotten to check that book out. But that was another one that uh, I thought was a nice title that uh, produced recently. Sexy Web Design is definitely one of our top sellers, week in and week out. And Elliot J. Stock is a fantastic, fantastic designer. He's done uh, cover art, album cover art for The Beatles, among others. He's um, very talented guy, for sure. Yeah, so in his book, he talks a lot about the process of design, how you go about creating web interfaces, you know, creating beautiful, functional websites, and you know, unleashing the inner designer within you. And we have a lot of developers um, buying the book who, are, you know, getting stuck doing design work just because the company is low on resources or whatnot. So this book lays a very good foundation for that and goes through the process step by step about how to think through the design aspects, especially as it comes to the web. So you, you
1: could actually buy the book and then commission a design uh, on 99designs and then use the book to build out the rest of the site. Definitely.
2: <laughs> <Wait. laughs> I like your thinking.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess it's it's about that time where we ask everyone, do you have any uh, super secret information that you want to reveal on our podcast to all our listeners?
2: Sure thing. Um, you're talking about the sidepoint newsletters and how much you enjoyed those. So it shouldn't come as a huge surprise that we're also going to launch a ninety nine designs newsletter in the coming weeks for the community that uh, we have on that site. There's going to be a lot of great content, interviews with designers, contest holders, you know, portfolio highlights, etc. Awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. So this is, this is an exclusive. I haven't announced it anywhere else. Awesome. awesome.
0: Very cool. Well, we'll make sure we tweet about it as well. Um, How does someone go about signing up for that newsletter and and when will it be around and how do they
2: go about getting signed up? It'll be coming on in the next couple of weeks. Everyone who's registered on 99designs will probably get an email about it introducing the newsletter. So just go 99designs, click the register link in the top right-hand corner. You don't have to launch a contest. You don't have to start an account, but uh, we'll let you know when the newsletter is ready. Well, Matt, uh, you know, SitePoint's an awesome
0: resource for us developers. Uh, really appreciate the fact that you're such a diehard entrepreneur at the age of 16 to start SitePoint and eventually spawn off 99designs. I think, uh, and I'm sure Josh echoes my feelings, that what you've done for the community has you know, been far above and beyond what a lot of other people have been able to do, and you're a really good resource, and we appreciate everything you've done.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks.
1: Thanks for coming on the show, too. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show
0: anytime thank you for listening to this edition of the web 2.0 show with josh owens and myself adam be sure and visit web20show.com for links in the show notes or to leave a comment on the show thanks for listening